0: Welcome to Steadfast Hope. I'm Stephen Lawson, President of One Passion Ministries, and four times a week I teach through a portion of Scripture to encourage you in your Christian walk. Join me now for this brief devotion in God's Word. Well, good morning. As we start a new week, uh, I'm very excited to be able to come to you with another study in God's Word. Uh, This is Steadfast Hope. We're in Dallas, Texas, I'm joined by my good friend Kent Stainback, and we are providing these morning devotions during this time in which uh, we are confined and quarantined, and felt that it would be an encouragement to your heart for the Word of God to come. So, wherever you are, may this study uh, be a strength to your heart and to your soul. Uh, we're in Psalm 46, and so I want you to take your Bible and turn with me to Psalm 46, and this morning we're going to be looking at just verse 6 as we go through this. If you're taking notes, the title of this is Threatened and Defended. Threatened and Defended. I want to begin by, by reading the verse. The nations made an uproar. The kingdoms tottered. He raised His voice. The earth melted. What a great verse. speaks to God's power over the circumstances and the difficulties that that face us, and God's power even over the encroaching nations. This is what we call a psalm of trust. Uh, There are different kinds of psalms, and a psalm of trust is when the people of God find themselves in the midst of a difficulty, and they put their trust in God. And that's what we need in our Christian lives right now, to be reminded to put our faith and our reliance in God. Um, We learn from this that even as believers, we are not exempt from the troubles of life. Suffering is not an elective course um, in the classroom of discipleship. Uh, Even we as believers are faced with the difficulties of life. We too are faced with disease and with Uh, troubles and trials and loss of income and loss of job and and even death. As believers, we are not exempt from these things. And so, in the midst of these swirling storms of life, we must be continually putting our faith and trust in God. So, as we look at verse 6, one of the characteristics of Hebrew poetry, of which this is, is, there's, uh, is called parallelism. There's an A line and a B line. And so, the A line is, the nations made an uproar, the kingdoms tottered. And if you're keeping notes, that's Roman numeral number one, troubles threaten us. Troubles threaten us. That's exactly what the psalmist records. He begins, the nations made an uproar. Now, these nations refer to powerful Gentile empires. Uh, powerful foreign nations that are causing trouble in the world and are surrounding Israel and surrounding Jerusalem, the holy city, and are threatening to do great damage to the people of God. They, they are like ravenous wolves circling uh, the, the city of Jerusalem, ready to pounce upon the people of God. And the word uproar here indicates that they are breathing threats and peril against the people of God. They are intimidating. And the fact is, it's no idle threat. Um, Behind the uproar was much power to inflict damage uh, upon the people of God. And so much so that here is the effect, if the cause is the nations made an uproar, here's the effect, the kingdoms tottered. And the various kingdoms in the region uh, are buckling under their oppressive advances. This is no idle threat. Kingdoms, plural, are crumbling under the power of these invading armies, and everything is in disorder. Um, Crowns are toppling from the heads of monarchs, and thrones are being moved out of palaces and society is in total disarray. And this is the reality of the world in which we live and the world in which the psalmist finds himself in the people of God. They are not exempt from kingdoms uh, tottering and nations making an uproar. Um, even as we find ourselves presently in this, in this situation, what happens in China Affects what happens with all of the kingdoms and the nations around the world. I'm reminded, Jesus said in John 16, verse 33, In this world you have tribulation. And Job 5, verse 7, For man is born for trouble as sparks fly upward. That's where we are. So this leads us now to the second line of verse 6 in this parallelism. And this is what we call um, antithetical parallelism, where the opposite is stated in the uh, second line. And the heading is, God defends us. Troubles threaten us, God defends us. And so, please note in the second line, He raised His voice. The He refers to God, God is mentioned seven times in verse 1, verse 4, twice in verse 5, once in verse 7, in verse 10, in verse 11. This is a God-dominated psalm, and He is referred to as the Lord in verses 7 and 11. That's a total of nine times in these 11 verses God is mentioned in this psalm. That's the way our Christian lives need to be very God-centered, very God-dominated, taking every thought captive to God. So, the psalmist writes, he raised his voice. He raised his voice above the uproar of the nations. The voice of God was louder and therefore stronger than the voice of the nations, the uproar of the nations. And as God raised His voice, it was God raising His voice to overrule the uproar of the nations, the voice of God here drowning out the tumult of the nations. And the result, there's a cause and effect here. The cause is He raised His voice, the effect, the earth melted. The earth here representing the nations of the earth that are bringing their threats against other nations and their threats against Israel and the people of God. When God raises His voice, the earth literally melts, is dissolved, and decimated. How mighty is the voice of God. And this voice of God here is not intended to be understood as the written Word of God, though that certainly is true. In in this instance, it is God speaking in the affairs of providence. It is God intervening in the affairs of our lives, and it is God commanding a situation to be reversed. It is God commanding protection and peace for His people. And so, how mighty is the voice of God, God raises His voice, the earth melts. If you would turn back to Psalm 2 just for a second, Uh, this was introduced to us very early in Psalm 2 verse 1, why are the nations in an uproar? There's our word uproar again. There are the nations again, the peoples devising a vain thing. It is a cosmic conspiracy against God Himself kings of the earth take their stand rulers take counsel together against the lord and against his anointed and this is what they are saying let us tear their fetters apart and cast away their cords from us the, the earth does not want to be tied down by the moral restraints of god but how does god respond in verse 4 he who sits in the heavens laughs it's not the laughter of humi- of hilarity it is the laughter of god scoffing the insanity of the nations that would raise their voice against God. He says the Lord scoffs at them. Verse 5, He will speak to them in His anger and terrify them in His fury. Here we clearly see that when God raises His voice, it decimates whatever the earth and the world is doing. How we need God to be continually raising His voice in this hour of history. The God who said in Genesis 1 verse 3, let there be light, and there was light. The God who created by His voice is the God who controls by His voice, and God continues to control the affairs of providence by His mere voice. In Revelation 1 verse 15, we read of the glorified Christ, His voice was like the sound of many waters. How grateful we are that even as we are surrounded by nations and kingdoms in their uproar and tottering, that the voice of God is stronger in this hour of history. And He is commanding even Uh, circumstances to be caused to work together for our good, Romans 8, 28, and for his own glory. So, as we begin this week, here is uh, a truth for you to hide in your heart and for you to meditate upon with your mind that God raises his voice and the earth melts. So, Kent, any questions? Any thoughts? Good morning, Good morning to you, Kent. Sorry I haven't greeted you yet. No, no, no.
1: Can I, can I ask my questions or I have to ask no, these No, no, no. You may ask your own question, <laughs> Kent. No, you are the Herb of Herb's no, no, House, no, no, so no, go no, ahead. No, 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 no. Uh, we, we have some great questions this morning. Um, is it selfish to try to protect yourself and your family instead of dying to self and going and serving others right now?
0: Well, that's not an easy question to answer because wisdom, um, each situation is unique. I would say as a basic principle, if a man does not take care of his own household, he's worse than an infidel, uh, 1 Timothy 5. And so you, sh- you should take care of your own loved ones first uh, before you take care of others. Um, you would have to have discernment and wisdom in each specific situation, um, as you're serving others at this time, to what extent um, does that unnecessarily expose you or your family to danger, Um, which should cause us to have deeper appreciation for those who work in hospitals and in the medical community, um, who are serving others at risk to their own life and they recognize that that is, or they should recognize that that is a divine calling upon their life, a vocational calling, to put themselves in harm's way yeah. to protect it's other lives. It's a gift. Lives. It, it yeah. is a gift, mm-hmm. Kent. So thank you
1: to all those who serve in that capacity. How do you know when you should pray against things like the coronavirus because it's the enemy? Uh, Uh, doing this versus trusting God that he's ordained it all?
0: (laughs) Well, the matter of fact is God is sovereign over everything. So we don't know whether God has merely allowed it to come and its source is evil or whether this is God's chastisement or or discipline uh, upon the nations for the sin of abortion and for the sin of defying God, Romans 1, um, and God giving over. We, we don't really know. So um, we just can pray uh, according that God's kingdom would come and that God's will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that through this um, difficult time, that spiritual good would be taking place in families and in individual lives and that God would even be humbling nations. Uh, I will say America is a nation that needs to be humble, and therefore would have to be humbled in order to become humble. And there is a a general, even national um, ethos and and attitude um, that I think we have forgotten in God we trust. And so this is a way of, of, of... reminding us we're not in control of our national destiny. Um, that remains
1: in the hands of a sovereign God. Steve, we get these questions almost daily on fear, and we were talking about it before we went on. Um, fear manifests itself in a lot of different ways, and, mm-hmm. and people are always asking, you know, is it, is it wrong to fear, uh, you know, and then, and then we'll have the questions Uh, If I'm worried or I'm concerned, where where is it wrong? And then, even for uh, us, or for people who have been believers for a long time, fear manifests itself in different ways, I guess, doesn't it? Anxiousness. Yeah. um,
0: I mean, the Bible very clearly says, do not be anxious. Uh, So Philippians 4, verse 6, and in um, in Matthew 6, Um, We're not to be anxious, I mean, God clothes the the birds of the field, and we are to be trusting in God, seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these other things will be added unto you, Matthew 6, 33. Um, We are very fragile and frail people in our humanity, and it's easy for us to fall into bouts of fear. and there is a, a sense in which fear represents caution and, and taking responsibility. Um, but there is a fear that loses sight of the fact that God is in control and that God will take care of us and protect us through the choppy waters of, of this turbulent storm. And so we must be continually reminding ourselves To look away from the trial and to look to the Lord who is over the trial. Uh, It was the Lord who sent the disciples into the storm uh, that night on the Sea of Galilee, and came walking to them on the water. And it was a lesson to them that what is about to go over your head is already under my feet. And His walking on the water was to show them that He is Lord over uh, the storm, and over uh, the waves we need to be reminded that he remains the lord of the storm lord over the storm he sends us into the storms he is with us in the storms he is lord over the storms and he will deliver us out of
1: the storm. and so he he did that for he's doing this for a purpose then absolutely is it interesting to you or steve is there any connection that the whole in this trial we're facing the coronavirus that the whole world is somewhat linked together, like none other, like, like I've never really seen it before. Yeah. Is there, is there some, something there at all that we know or not?
0: Well, um, I, I think it does remind us that the entire human race is subject to the effects of sin, and there was no sin before Adam's sin, and I mean, there was no consequences of sin uh, and disease until sin entered the world. And when sin entered the world, death entered the world. And it is a reminder that when one man sinned, Adam, the whole world collectively fell into um, being made subject to death. So we, we do see that. And there's 182 nations right now inflicted with the coronavirus. And we are reminded of our solidarity in Adam and our solidarity under the effects of sin. Well, I know that uh, we need to wrap this up. Um, I do want to thank each one of you for joining us. We'll be here tomorrow morning at the same time, and we'll be in the next verse, which is the chorus of Psalm 46, and it's repeated in verse 11. If you want to be reading um, out ahead, uh, it will be a wonderful study that we'll have tomorrow morning. But just remember... Though the nations make their uproar and kingdoms totter, the voice of the Lord is raised and the earth melts. God bless you. I'll see you tomorrow morning. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Steadfast Hope. If this was helpful to your Christian walk, please leave us a review wherever you listen to this show. And if you want to connect on social media, I can be found at Dr. Stephen J. Lawson or at One Passion Ministries. Thank you for listening, and I hope you will join me again for the next episode of Steadfast Hope.